Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. Hey producer Sarah. Hi guys. What's going on? Well, we were just talking about birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about birds because Sarah said that um, she's been watching a bird build a nest near but not inside of um, one of the new birdhouses that she's built. And I said, well, I'm curious about that. Like, do you think the bird knows it's welcome? Like, have you invited the birds to, you know, inhabit the birdhouses? And so that that was our pre-recorded Yeah conversation that we were having and so sarah you said something along the lines of you might have to try what was it that you were going to try more invitations yeah yeah and here's what i said guys i've been watching a bird make a nest not in one of my birdhouses but in a tree (laughs) right next to the birdhouse Oh, but it's been sweet. It's getting closer. Yeah. Do you think like maybe it's being respectful of the birdhouses? Like, does it know? Like, have you invited the birds? I, I'm not sure. I, I might, I might try more invitations. (laughs) (laughs) I've recently purchased two different kinds of bird baths. Wait, what? (laughs) You might try more invitations. Um, (laughs) what, like what? Well, just more conversation and like (laughs) welcoming environment. (laughs) So I'm curious, are you going to like take a page from the book of the church? You know how they invite people at Easter and Christmas? No, not so much that. I mean, like I've already recently purchased two different kinds of baths, bathing stations, if you will. <laughs> bathing stations. Are they like Moose's wide wide bathtubs? <laughs> one of them is very wide, <laughs> deep. And then there's another one that has like a it kind of like steps down into the center so that um like bees and and bugs can also drink from it <laughs> without drowning themselves. Like cat, like she's so serious. She researches how to feed and drink all of the animals and the species that reside. No, not all of them. Only the ones I want in the backyard. Like, is it not the black widow or the snakes or like mm-hmm. you know ticks? I don't want ticks back there. So, what actually ended up happening with that spider, Sarah? Did it slowly die? Yeah, I, we made a video actually of it. Um, it did not die. I've let it. I let it go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just didn't remember. I don't think we ever followed up. Now that we're here, I do have a follow up from the zoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that we were waiting on a follow up from. Oh, the- I never mentioned that. I thought they declined you. Well, at one point, I actually did reach out to the Nashville Zoo, <laughs> and. Um, I can read what I wrote if you'd like. Please. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you, what you wrote. And in the meantime, while you're looking for it, I would like to make note that my favorite weather lady, uh, Lisa Spencer from Channel 4, um, has been visiting her daughter recently who is a zookeeper in Florida. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I thought maybe if Lisa didn't want to interview with us, maybe her daughter would. Oh, okay, great. Or maybe her daughter wants the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Well, the Black Widow's gone now. That's true. But here's what I wrote, the zoo. 
To whom it may concern, this might be a very random inquiry, but I have safely captured a very large black widow from my backyard. I plan to relocate it away from my home, but wanted to first ask if you guys would have a need for it at the zoo. If this is absurd, please disregard. Otherwise, please let me know if you are interested. Thanks. <laughs> Great letter. It sounds so professional. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. And their response was, Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for reaching out and thinking of us here at Nashville Zoo. We do not have a need for a black widow at the moment, <laughs> but we appreciate you checking. Best, Mallory. <laughs> wow. Mallory. Oh, Mallory. Mallory probably gets some weird emails. Yeah, I bet. I, I bet, man. I, now we need to interview Mallory. <laughs> what was it like for you, Mallory, when you received producer Sarah's email? <laughs> it's, yeah, it can't wow. be the weirdest response. Okay, so you were going to tell about the birds, Sarah, because I'm going to talk about this book. Oh, correct. Yes. So Moose recently acquired this book a couple of days ago. It showed up in the mail. It is called Animal Power. Mm. 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul by Allison Charles, A-L-Y-S-O-N Charles. And um, the artwork is beautiful. And each each picture, there's like a full page picture of an animal. And then on the other side, there's like three to four action steps about that or things about that animal. And um, anyway, I thought maybe we could look up birds since they keep showing up and um, we were just talking about them. Mm, I love that. And is this like kind of like a tarot card book? Is this like a woo woo book? Like, what is this? It's, it actually reminds me of, don't you have those cards, cat? Yeah. The spirit animal cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to that. It's very similar. Well, I think you have to name a specific bird. Oh, really? Uh-huh. But I uh, here's what I want to say about this book. I was listening to Sarah Seidelman, who was one of my m mentors in our coaching program. And she is a master coach and an artist. And she was interviewing Allison Charles, who wrote this book. Mm -hmm. And I was so fascinated with the conversation. I had to buy it. And no joke, the guy who created all of these like amazing illustrations, mm. he was only in his late 20s and he passed away after he finished the project of this book. He's from Brazil. Is it because it like sucked the life out of him or like what happened? I don't know if it was associated, but it, that was just impactful for me to hear. Yeah. But his name was uh, either William or Willian. I don't know, Santiago. But um, anyway, this book fascinated me because I have been listening to some meditations recently about the power of being of service to everything that is here on the planet and how there are signs and signals and messages all over in our day-to-day -day life that if we're aware of, it can point us in the right direction. And so, yeah, maybe it's a little woo-woo, but in this book, not only do they share what the meaning of these animals showing up in your life are, and for what it's worth, it doesn't have to be the physical animal. It could just be imagery that you continue to see moose imagery everywhere, <laughs> which by the way, I just opened to moose and it says that it represents self-esteem, soul retrieval, feminine powers, which I love. Wow. Traversing inner and outer worlds, 
your childhood, a wise warrior and cosmic connection. Oh my gosh. That's cool. Can you find cat? Yeah. Let me do cat real quick. They unfortunately don't spell it with a K cat. Well, it makes me wonder if actually we should look at tiger for me. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm learning that as these things, as I'm looking, uh, pop up in our awareness or our day-to-day life, we're supposed to, you know, it, it, it can be a place to ask for, you know, ask questions and learn answers. And so, um, I did a meditation the other day and Rhino came up for me mm-hmm. and I read about it and it was dead on what I was working with at the time. And so it was Whoa. the neatest, neatest situation. Okay. Cat yeah. tiger for you. Uh, it had, <laughs> this makes sense. Nocturnal power. Mm. You do like to stay up late. Mm-hmm. Water, energetic bursts, touch, touch. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, that's amazing. Leadership, determination, passion, selfishness, not true, and new (laughs) adventure. Mm. It says when to work with me. This is the tiger. When you want to awaken sensuality and passion. Always. When, <laughs> when you want to grow stronger with each lesson in life, always. When you want strong focus and you're ready for new adventures, always. When you need energy and when you want to be a great leader, always. And then in this book, it tells you the energy medicine of a tiger and then the power practice that you can do. And this one says, Tiger is known for connecting deeply with the element of water and Mm. energies of the night. Mm. So this practice will involve those essences. This evening, ask yourself which of the following tiger power animal traits speak the most to you right now, leadership, determination, or a renewed passion for life. Mm. Pick one to activate in this practice. And then it walks you through this whole thing with water and how to how to connect, but it is the neatest book. That's a really, really neat book. And it makes me think like I grew up the daughter of a U.S. Navy SEAL and a water safety instructor, lifeguard, most Mm. amazing mom who still Mm. to this day gives the life-saving gift of swim lessons. And um, I've been swimming since I was a wee little tot. And um, water is very important to me and being around water and in water is very soothing Mm. to my soul. So that's really, um, that's really neat. Thanks for sharing that. I'd I'd like to have a copy of that book. Well, you can buy it too on Amazon (laughs) or at your local bookstore. Excellent. Okay. I have to read this, this thing that you're supposed to do, Kat, because I think you'll totally dig this. Okay. When it's dark, bring a bowl of water outside with you to leave under the energy of the moon and call upon tiger to join you in the ritual. Mm-hmm. I could totally see a tiger like walking around your pool. Uh, spend a few moments speaking to the water. You could actually just use your as the water if you want. I'm adding that <laughs> Giant <in> bowl. <laughs> yeah. That'll work. Spend a few moments speaking to the water, asking that it be infused with the blessings for the attribute you've selected. So that's either leadership determination or the renewed passion for life. And then connect with the water with your fingers or hands. You can place another sacred item like a crystal stone, leaf, flower, stick, feather, 
in the water as an offering to this blessing and to the tiger. Next, begin to imagine the way it will feel to experience the attribute you've chosen while looking into the water. When the process is complete, thank the water and tiger and ask the moon to bless all of your intentions and the water overnight. The next morning, when you return to the water, use your intuition to determine what you want to do with the water. Drink it, add it to your bath, keep it on your altar, or discard it. Let your heart guide you. Well, this is kind of cool that we're talking about this right now, um, because I got a text from my sister this morning that said how to watch Sunday's rare super flower blood moon total lunar eclipse. So that sounds like a really cool time to do the water ritual with the tiger in the moon. And so I will be doing that tonight. Amazing. Oh, that's tonight. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is really That's cool. Thank so you for fun. blessing me with that. We should go over for a midnight swim. Oh, yeah. Well, when you first started talking about it, I wanted to be silly and go, oh, so I should go skinny dipping. And then I was like, well, I might really do that. So <laughs> I um, think you do that, don't you? Sometimes. I would. Goodness. Yeah. I have a question. Please. Can you look up producer Sarah in that book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's do that okay let's go to the peas um, uh there's a porcupine uh, there's a pig peacock so sarah is there is there an animal with which you're identifying m- more than others right now oddly enough uh yesterday we we did a little meditative exercise to see what came up and like within seconds of starting the exercise, the very first thing that came up was an ostrich. Ooh. And so then we looked that up and it ended up being so cool wow. and had so much to do with. Um, I'll tell you. Digestion, applied knowledge, groundedness, fertility and secret powers and abilities. That's so cool. Okay. And so the fertility part, obviously, I'm not planning on having any kiddos, but I I recently had a very cool session with a new therapist that I just started working with. And we are going to be going through the internal family system stuff together. And she made a suggestion that maybe my parts are my plants. Ooh, that's cool. And there are so many different kinds of plants. And like even yesterday, I was cleaning out one of my green uh, little greenhouse things inside and there's this cactus that is, it looks like a ball, like a, uh, maybe a softball. And there are, its spikes are so huge that you can't even touch the actual cactus because they like come out and, and reach mm. around. And I thought that could be an interesting part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's called the reach around part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the fertility side of that ostrich thing stood out to me because of how much I, pour into my yard, my plants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's constant growth and fruit and, you know, yeah. And you had just fertilized some plants. Oh, that, that is true. (laughs) Like an hour before that I had just drove six, like five inch fertilizer stakes into the ground of all the six trees in my backyard. Wow. And then like an hour later, I read that. Isn't that crazy? That is so cool. That is so cool. And I I also want to celebrate like that you have a new therapist and that you guys like, it sounds like in one of your first conversations immediately dove into IFS type stuff. Like that's cool. Yeah. It's going to be a really uh, 
I think a really fun journey. Okay. I need to show you guys something and ask you if you would ever do this. So Kat, as a pool owner, someone who has a pool dug in the back of your house, how many steps would you say that your pool is from the moment you leave your back patio? Sorry. When you step out your back door to when your foot gets wet. Oh, okay. Probably seven. Okay. Seven steps. Okay. I ran across this this week and I need you guys to tell me if you would ever be a guest or a host for this. So it's called Swimply. And you know, I, I get like there is Airbnb, different versions of Airbnb. There's Turo for cars that you can rent out your cars and people can but this is a step that I'm not sure I'm willing to take. <laughs> you can rent out someone else's pool for the day. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard of this and considered it and absolutely will not do it. <laughs> can, can you see the pineapple next to her? <laughs> you know what that means. I was waiting to see if anyone saw that. Good eye, Sarah. <laughs> But you guys know what a pineapple means, right? Yeah, especially if it's upside down. It means you're a swinger. You're a swimply swinger. That's right. That's right. It's it. Some people say it means quote unquote hospitality. <laughs> it means it means welcome, supposedly. Yeah. yeah. Sure. They'll take all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so would you guys do this like with your new hot tub? No. Be a swinger? <laughs> or or that. No way. No, because people look, if I do not pee in the hot tub, but thank you. You are gonna have so much urine in your pool if you rent your pool out by the day. But here's my question. Well, I'm gonna go on here. Hold on. H- hold on. H- hold on. Hold on to what we got. Doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We got each other, and that's a lot of work. Okay, so we'll give it a shot. Okay, this is doesn't it look just like Airbnb? $150 an hour. Wow. Hmm. Does this change your mind, Kat? That looks like your backyard, Kat. It doesn't. It, it it absolutely doesn't. Not even one single bit. No, wow, I, I don't that. want people who I don't know and trust in my pool. I mean, seriously, what what if all of a sudden you're you're like, OK, you know what? I'm going to do it because you do have that back entryway. Oh, yeah, you know? you've got the ability. <laughs> These people are brave. So like you could totally pull it off because you could be like, hey, just don't bother us. You know, da, da, da. But what if some kid like you're just having this serene moment sitting in your living room, cat? You're eating some chips and salsa. You are <laughs> you're reading your phone, learning about Jin Shindo movement number 47. And all of a sudden some kid just starts banging on your window like. Right. I got to pee. pee. I got to pee. Can I pee? No, no, no. Or better yet, all of a sudden, the ambulance rolls up. Yeah. Because there's some kid drowning in your backyard. No, no not okay. Or or not kid because somebody's drunk. It's not a good call. Yeah. This is these are all the reasons that I won't do this. Wait a minute, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking your mom could do this because her pool is way far away from her house. And it's a little bit more like separated. Like I'm just looking for signs. 
all they have to do is text her if somebody's drowning and she can just whip it right out there and give everyone some safety instructions before they hop in. And then she sends them a bill for $300 and says, that's what saving your life is worth. Yeah, I this this is I think a really horrible idea for um, all those reasons, and I and I I don't know for sure. However, I do think that my mom would be in complete agreement with me. I do not think that my mom would want to do this. And um, let's just say, if you find out that my mom or I end up doing this, you will know that we have fallen on the hardest of times <laughs> because, like, that's just not worth any amount of money to me to to first of all let strangers in my pool. <laughs> And then secondly, um, have the fear of like, what could happen to those strangers, like on my property? Like that just feels so scary. Yeah. So how does it work with the Turo thing with the car rental? Like, does your insurance cover them? Does their insurance cover them? Your, your insurance covers them for a certain amount, but then they have their separate insurance through travelers. That is like an add on supplemental. So if anyone dies or wrecks your car it's all covered mm-hmm. but hey listen the 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 rental car situation is brilliant if anyone has an extra car they want or don't use theirs a lot i'm gonna tell you i've been very impressed so how has this gone for you so far moose well i gotta tell you sarah took it over <laughs> <laughs> i did Here's what I've learned, guys. I am excellent at starting businesses. And I feel like you guys really understand me with this. I love an idea and I love the I and honestly, there's this whole thing called the Colby Index. And it is and I have scored very high as a quick start um type of behavior. Again, I know it's a shock, but um, <laughs> It's the actual managing the business that isn't my favorite thing to do. Can I do it? Absolutely. (laughs) But I really need a general manager in every business that I create. And I create about four years. So some survive and others, many others do not. (laughs) Is it like a survival of the fittest thing? It really, it's a survival of the energy is what it is. Uh Got you. And for what it's worth, I brought Toro to the table, but her cars are running the show. It's a joint effort at this point. It is a joint effort. Um, and it to answer your question, Kat, it's going quite well, actually. Um, I've got a little bit of a flow down. It, basically, each rental takes me about an hour, 30 minutes on each side to just flip it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 it's actually pretty lucrative, you know? So we've got them booked out through... It pays the car payments, yeah, wow. all of the car payments and almost including the RV payment. So that's wow. what three cars and an RV, which is great. That is really great, you guys. Yes. Yeah. And people are respectful because they know it's your car. Right. Wow. So anyway, if anyone's looking for a side gig, Sarah can consult you for a certain amount of money per month on how to start Turo. Because <laughs> nah. I started it and then I was like, if, if you downloaded this app, you might want to. Here you go. It's my side hustle now. Stop right now what you're doing. If you're driving, pull over. (laughs) And we want you to pull out your phone and type in this number and send us a text. So open your messages. If you're on Android, I don't know what you do. Type in some sort of code. (laughs) Who knows? Beam me up, Scotty. All right. So get out your phone and text 1-866- 
1-866-528-6665. That's 1-866-528-6665. That is our phone number. You can call us. Don't worry, we don't answer. Leave a message. Or you can text us and we'll get it immediately. But we would love for you to save that number in your phone. So when you're listening, you can just pull up Cat and Moose Hotline and send us a text. And you can send us a text about anything. And you can you can text us about things you want to talk to us about. You can text us and tell us how ridiculous we are. Um, really anything you want to. We love hearing from you. That's one 528 the devil five. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so if you're going to call us, text us, put our contact info in your phone. Cat and Moose Podcast. The number is one 628 The number is one 528 the devil's favorite number, five. Cat, what's happening with you? You have survived COVID once again. Yes, I, I have survived COVID once again. Um, I put in my notes today that one of the things I wanted to talk about was COVID recovery and Paxlovid, um, the antiviral drug. And what I've learned is that it is actually a monoclonal um, drug, which basically means that like the drug prevents the virus's ability to replicate with human cells. So... That's kind of neat. As you know, opposed because, to what other kind of cells? Well, that's what I thought too. I thought, oh, it just doesn't replicate with human cells, but I'm going to have, you know. A, Monkey cells. Right. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to grow like a tail, you know, like we've talked about we have things talked like about that, that before. So um, COVID's weird, man. I, I really do think that um, it's one of those things that it, it is like, um, it, it is custom fit to whomever its host is. Mm-hmm. And I have had moments um, and I've, I've been negative for over a week now and I'm, I still feel a little bit weird, but, um, for the most part, I think I'm better. Um, but I've had moments where my body has felt like ways that it has felt in my past. And it has reminded me of like different things that I've gone through in my past. And one of the things that came back, um, with this round of COVID that I have not felt, um, is something that I, I have not felt since I was 10 years old. And mm. when I was 10 years old, I was medevaced from Germany to the United States because nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Oh. And I always had an upset stomach. I always had like kind of a headache type thing going on with it. And I just, I, I just could never get to where I was feeling totally well. And long story short, I had all the uppers and the lowers and all the tests and, and all of the things. And basically like last resort, they were like, well, maybe she should see a psychiatrist. And so when they medevaced me from Germany to Washington, DC, I visited with this psychiatrist and within 45 minutes, the psychiatrist told my parents that your child is worried about nuclear warfare and your marriage falling apart. Oh my, oh my God. Oh my and God. So at 10 years old, I had already been self-managing my diabetes. Like I had been taking shots, testing my blood sugar, knowing to eat sugar when I needed, you know, to, to recover from low blood sugar and knowing to exercise when my sugar was high. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility for a 10 year old and that's nobody's fault. It's just like the way that my genetics, you know, were, were built that I developed juvenile diabetes. And so, um, so anyway, at 10 years old, um, I, I learned 
then that like I've got really, really like a heightened intuition. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm really sensitive to like things that are going on and I can see like looking at the bigger picture, like oftentimes I can kind of go like, okay, I see that and that and that, and this is going to go like this and blah, blah, blah. And that feeling and that sensation came back during COVID. Mm. And what does that feel like? Is it like anxiety? It It is not. It is like having a type of nausea that you can't do anything about. Oh, like wow. no food wow. makes it better. No medicine makes it better. It's just a very sick feeling in my stomach. And I have kind of a burning in the, the wells of my shoulders um, that just kind of, it just kind of burns. And then I have this kind of like headache that feels like it's like vibrating from like the craniosacral fluid yeah. in my head. Like it's the weirdest feeling. Oh feeling. And yeah, it, 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 and so what, what I was talking to my bodywork therapist about the other day is I was like, why is this feeling resurfacing? You know? And she was telling me, she was like, well, I had something similar happen when I was sick one time, you know, it made me think of when I was a certain age and had a certain condition. And maybe that's part of like what you know, what happens with the body. And so anyway, all that to say my recovery is going great. And I am also recognizing that there are things um, that I'm deeply concerned about um, that I haven't really been paying attention to. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to start doing some, Mm. some really um, intentional work around that. Wow. 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 First of all, I very briefly remember what you're talking about of you being medevaced, but I, I'm also like in shock that that actually happened. Yes. Like across the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Across the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. Can I ask more around that? You can totally ask more around that. Was it like, like a ER kind of like, I mean, medevac sounds like ambulance to me, but like mm-hmm. via flight, was it like a helicopter kind of thing or? No, it was, it was on like a jumbo, like 747, like it was from Frankfurt, Germany to Washington, DC. So it was basically like, um, my mom, I think it was my mom, my sister and I, and maybe my dad too, but I I think my dad was traveling during this time, but Mm -hmm. I had to basically be flown from Germany to DC and it wasn't like an emergency type situation, but it was like a, we don't have the facilities or the know-how to tackle what's going on with this child. And so we need to send her to the children's hospital in in Washington. Dang. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That is so traumatic. Well, I got to, in my body work session, I got to sit and have some compassion for my 10 year old self. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that was, that was cool. You know? And I said, well, I think the compassion part is really important. I'd like to just fast forward to like, what can I do with this knowledge and why am I having this feeling now? Mm. And, um, so I, I, I think it would probably do me good to spend a little bit more time having some more compassion on my 10 year old self and, and really, um, feeling what that might feel like in order to help me with, with why that sensation has, has come back during this bout of COVID. Do you still have it or has it started to go away? It has started to go away, oh, thankfully. Good. Thank God. And I think it's because I like recognized it and I'm like, oh, that's the thing. Like it's happening. And, you know, I've got a lot more tools to work with now than I did when I was 10, you know? And yeah. and one of the things that we were talking about in my session was that um, a lot of times when you are doing healing work, 
things come back like Mm -hmm. like things that hurt come back traumas Mm -hmm. come back and it's and I said that really doesn't feel fair to me like that doesn't feel fair it's like if if I'm doing healing work why do I have to like relive this thing and a lot of times that's the only way to heal from it is Mm -hmm. is to face it again and be able to go okay now I have ways um, to navigate this differently than I did when it happened. And so, um, this, I I feel like was like a a little small lesson in that, that I've really appreciated. That's amazing. Yeah. That is really interesting, Kat. I, I, I see that in a lot of people who have had, um, like medical things that point back to, you know, what's actually happening in our hearts and souls. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just thinking about this very specific thing that I heard this week. Um, and it's not my story to tell. So I I was processing that as I was talking, but, um, is very similar. It was that it came back to a decision that this person needed to make. And there was actual anxiety and stress in their body that sort of just like smacked them up against the face Hmm. or smacked Hmm. them up in the face smacked their face (laughs) their face was smacked with the anxiety um so let me ask you was there anything that you felt like you were stressed about or um you know unsettled about during that time that was separate from the covid yeah most definitely yeah yeah most definitely there there's some stuff that um i've got a couple of like things that I'm dealing with, like in, in work world that, that come with very similar feelings that I'm going like, okay, there is a thing that I'm very well aware of. It is very real. It's not something I'm making up. And I also do not have any control over the circumstances. Yeah. And, and for me to, to be concerned that I can't fix a thing that I just can't fix, mm-hmm. um, is really, is, is I, I still struggle with like, how do I hold that? How do I carry that? And how do I reflect back to my clientele? Like, I'm sorry, there's not a damn thing I can do for you. You know? Um, I mean, there is things I can do, but I can't, I can't actually, um, manipulate or control the, the circumstance. And so I think that that's part of it. And I also think that, um, and you know, this, this feels like kind of a, a record just on repeat, you know, where the scratches in the record, it's like, and it's like, one of the things is also my health. It's like, I've got to get more healthy and, um, and I've got to, I've got to work, um, even harder at taking care of my body and being as low as I have felt with COVID and recovering from COVID has been a, a really, really, um, stark reminder of that. Yeah. And I do have control over that. Yeah, that's right. You do. Well, I hope that that feeling continues to go away. I was listening to the Glennon Doyle podcast. We can do hard things about burnout. And one Mm. of the things, and I just might throw this out there, feel free to grab it in the air if you'd like it. (laughs) But one of the things that, um, that they were talking about is, um, you know, a lot of people know when they're depressed, like you can feel it. There's a weight to it of depression, but when it comes to burnout, um, it feels more like the words they were using were like zombie ghost (laughs) robot. Like, you know, they were talking about how there's just a point where we cannot express, um, 
the amount of emotion that we're feeling with what's happening around us. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Glennon said is we were created to, um, to have concern and worry for our village, not Mm. the world. Oh, wow. And I thought that was like, that's how our systems were created. Like these Mm. are your people. This is who you're Mm -hmm. concerned with. And it got me thinking about how I used to be really addicted to the news. And even my friend Megan told me about this podcast and she was like, you know, kind of getting on me again. And I was like, I don't watch the news way. I don't watch it very much. But to your point, Kat, I, that is very interesting to me because, um, what you said about you when you were 10 years old, how you were afraid of nuclear bombing. Is that what you said? Nuclear attack. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that, like, I think so many empaths can appreciate that. Like just when you, you feel like you're like self-regulating and you're in a good place, next thing you know, like the shooting and Buffalo happens. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, just a huge, massive reminder that everything is effed up, you know? Yeah. And so you have all these things that are, you know, some are internal, some are external. And that was so interesting to me to recognize, like, we are really supposed to keep it small in some way when it's concerned to how much we can, because the reality is we don't have that much control Mm -hmm. right? at all. Right. Right. I mean, there's tiny things we can control in our own lives, but, uh, the last thing I want to say about that. And I just want to honor what you shared because, um, cause I think it is so important to recognize that in, unless we are exerting the stuff that's inside of us, it will get us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I don't, uh, you know, I know I hate exercising and I hate, you know, I don't know. It doesn't have to be exercise. It has to be something, but like, Otherwise that stuff is tucked like your little guy, the one that makes that noise Sarah does. The <laughs> like my little green guy. Yeah. They're all in there, man. They're packed yeah. in there and they are taking yeah. up residence and they have pitched some tents and we need to give them new jobs that are not inside yes. of us. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And my little green guys are good guys. Like, but I see what you're saying. It's like, there's stuff that's in there that needs to get out or learn to do something different. And, and that is one of the things that has continued to make me so passionate about this body work stuff that I've been studying is that, you know, I was in class, um, this past week and we were visited and I thought of you so much producer Sarah about, Mm. we were visited by this guy who is a structural integration specialist. And basically what he does is he takes the client on a 10 session structural integration type thing that basically helps your body refine its original balance with gravity. Whoa. It's so cool. And it's like, for some people, it's a very spiritual process. And for some people, it's just a very like scientific tangible process. And, um, and it was just the, the, the neatest thing. And, and all of that to say is that it's like, I think in, in order in order for us to find ways to grapple with the things that we have to grapple with, like everybody needs a different set of tools. I have learned in my world that the whole body work thing really works. Like I can really work out my shit Mm -hmm. um, when I have those kind of experiences. And so I'm, I'm really glad that I'm learning how to hold space for, you know, to help people do that and stuff like that. And it also made me think of you, Moose. How is your coaching going? 
Oh, it's go. I think I got over the hump, uh, like uh, just barely. Like it's okay. like I'm f- I'm free falling down the hill at this point, <laughs> uh-huh. but I reached the top, and the top being the hardest. I think um, <laughs> something did change when I started taking my medicine again. <laughs> Imagine that, amazing. Uh, so that's one piece of it. The other piece is I have these little mantras on my um monitor here that I go through I wrote them myself and I go through them before every session and they simply mm-hmm. say you know the way authenticity is welcome here uh you're learning hold untroubled space allows the client to be troubled orient the client toward themselves and my job is to help clear the way to your knowing Mm. And so like Mm. that takes a little bit of the pressure off because I'm here to just show up for you and Mm -hmm. hear what it is that you are looking for. And you have the answers. I don't. And so just that reminder for me has been really super helpful with the anxiety. And I learned I'm starting to reread uh, Jill Bolte Taylor's book, um, Whole Brain Living. And I learned in that book and I forgot about it, but there's four areas of the brain and, um, and this one part of your left brain, it is incredibly afraid. It's job is it's incredibly afraid of the unknown. Hmm. And that was what I was really struggling with in coaching is I wanted to know what you wanted to be coached on so that I could prepare the right questions for you. So if I, you know, cause like I do feel like powerful questions are important. And so, Mm -hmm. um, but one of the, (laughs) one of the traits in the international coaching federation is be okay with the not knowing, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I was, I was struggling with that at a big level. And then when I read that in her book, I was like, I love when science meets woo woo (laughs) or, you know, just regular experiences. Um, And I was like, yes, there's actually a part of the brain that is its job is it is to be afraid. And so I just looked at it like internal family systems and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to talk to that part of the brain before I coach and let it know that you are scared of experiences you don't know are coming but I am 43 years old. Wait. Yeah. So 43, I'm 43 years old and I've been in this program and I know what I'm doing or, but I'm learning too. I'm also learning, mm-hmm. but I'm going to need you to sit over here in the waiting room. You can look through the window, but you can't listen. And you know, you, you have to be over there. And so that has been helping. That's really beautiful. It reminds me of the Liz Gilbert, like letting fear sit in the passenger seat, yeah. but not allow it to control the radio. <laughs> you exactly. know, like I'd, yeah. I'd absolutely love that. And, um, and it's, I always am so um, comforted by how mine and your life experiences seem to have these really cool parallels. And some of the feelings that you're talking about having are very similar to, I, I want to be able to manufacture an experience for my client to have on the table. 
stable. And that is not my job. Mm -mm. That is not at all my job. And it's the whole idea of, of also not being attached to the outcome. And one of the things that this structural integration um, specialist talked about was there are things going on in your client's body that only your client in their body can know or experience. Mm -hmm. And the work is happening, whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not. Right. And, um, and, and it, it just, that's a real, that's a hard control freaky thing to let go of, you know, mm-hmm. as, as any sort of person sitting with another person trying to help them work out their shit, you know, and it, it also just gives me so much respect for the professionals that, that are walking with us through our lives. Gosh, <laughs> They're a really talented them. man. <laughs> No kidding. I I made my therapist almost cuss this past week because I was just <laughs> sharing all of the voices. Like like we were in this internal family system sort of trance, and I was like, you know, I was my eyes were closed because I work better that way, and and I, we were working through something, and and this sort of voice or part came up that was kind of harsh, <laughs> and my therapist just like came out of character for a minute and was just like, well, Dondria. (laughs) It was towards the end of the session. So it, it sort of was okay that it was out of character. Yeah. And honestly, I may not have been in the trance at that point, but I thought if you are at a place where you can get your therapist to say that, like you're in a good place. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. It it brought me so much joy to be like, (laughs) I know this is what I'm dealing with in here. Can somebody let me out? Man. That's awesome. That is so like freeing to, I don't know for me uh, going into meeting a new therapist, starting, you know, that process again to be able to think of like, having the kind of relationship that both of you guys have with your therapists, you know, um, to feel that like open and willing to like cat. I always admire how much, you know, to ask for what you need in your session. Mm -hmm. And Moose, I know you do that too, but like you, you specifically talk about that where you're like, this is what I need you to be for me right now. And this kind of, you know, and it's really hard for me to ask for that. Mm -hmm. Um, oftentimes because I just don't know what I need that quickly. I have to process it first and, you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, have a little anxiety going into it. Um, but it's helpful for me to see the relationships that develop when you do like I don't, I don't want to say test that boundary, but like push the boundary, I guess, Mm. or push that line, you know, Mm -hmm. I have to like let them down and trust. Well, and and I think also to go back to the talent um, of a skilled professional that whether you're a therapist or a coach or a body worker or or any of the, you know, kind of service type um, Mm -hmm. professions, it's like to, to kind of know enough about your relationship with the client to know when you can do that. Like there was a, there was a moment in, in my session last week where my therapist went. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Like it was like one of the most powerful moments of the session. And that is not technically like something that would be condoned professionally, you know, and we have enough of a relationship where it's like, she knew, I think this is, I don't, I don't know what she thought, but in my mind, I was thinking like she, she knew that the relationship was strong enough for that to, to hold water and really make an impact. So I, and I, I love that, um, 
that your therapist moose just said Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the, the other thing she does that I think at the beginning is so funny. And even if I've got my eyes closed, I laugh. But usually it's just when we're talking and I'll be like, yeah, I'm just so tired of how this is going, you know? And then she'll mirror me and she'll be like, yeah, it sounds like you're really f- tired and it's like a calm version of how I've said it and it just makes me giggle because I'm like gosh I am intense and I don't realize it (laughs) we are intense and also quite magical I might add like I keep going back to this uh, experience I had in school the other night but I, I really felt like there was some sort of like um some sort of like spiritual unlocking that happened for me. And all of the sudden, like, I I really felt like, like, because of cultural and societal pressures, I stay real buttoned up. And I'm not as buttoned up as some people. I know that. And like what you're saying, Moose, it's like, you can be really intense. And like, I can be really intense. And sometimes, like, sometimes that is what people need for things to cut through. You know, it's like they don't need us to be buttoned up. And and it's right. so like for me, I had this moment where I was like, OK, if I want to say to one of my clients, you might consider inviting your ancestors of love and light into the room as we have this session. That's weird. <laughs> and it could also make a really big difference yeah. like it did for me because I had an encounter with my dad that I needed to have a few weeks ago, you know, because the therapist said those things to me. So I'm just saying, man, we got to like live in our, in our unique, um, our unique gifts and powers. I completely agree. I've been trying to work on my website for coaching and writing copy for it. And I, it has, I, I think I've been doing this for like eight weeks and when I say doing it, I just keep opening it and going like, I hate everything I've done. And it's just been a painful process. And then last week, something just tipped for me. And I was like, I trashed the four websites that I started, like literally <laughs> trashed them. Didn't even keep the copy, which I was like, this is, I'm going to hate myself for this, but trashed them and was like, okay, why ask yourself honestly what you didn't like about that? Because they were boring. They had like <laughs> pastels and browns. That's not me at all. And I was like, oh my God, like I don't even know how to create a professional looking website. Um, and I don't. Like the truth is I am way more whimsical than brown. And so <laughs> I I just was like, screw it. And so I I put lots of colors on my new website and I'm extremely excited Mm. about it. And, but the whole point was like, why would we even we're trying, we just keep templating something over and over like, Oh, this is what yoga looks like. And this is what, you know, being a horse trainer looks like. And this, and it's like, it just looks all the same. Why don't you actually, and if we lived our lives that way too, I think we'd have a lot less of that freaking anxiety because we wouldn't care so much about how we're perceived. We just Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. Come on, preach, preach. Hallelujah. 
So we've talked about awesome humans. We've talked about awesome therapists and coaches and body workers and, and just wonderful people in our lives. And, um, we got an email from our listener, Chris and our, our other listener, Chris. Um, and he, uh, titled the email delightful and just really talked about how our listener Tori and our interview with her that we had recently, um, how she was dropping some serious wisdom about parenthood and motherhood and just, you know, just in general being an awesome human. And I just want to say, Moose, producer Sarah, like, I'm so grateful for the community that has been built around the Cat and Moose podcast. Like, wouldn't you guys say that our listeners are like some of the coolest people in the world? Totally. Yes. And I don't know why well, I, I kind of know how they found us, but I'm glad the universe brought them to us because they're like salt of the earth lovely people who have their own shit that they're dealing with day in and day out and yet somehow find mm-hmm. some sort of weirdness in us to keep coming back. <laughs> yes, they do. Right. And it, it's so funny. I was editing this episode last week and um, finding all the files and getting everything in order. And I realized that we actually recorded that thing on February 9th. So it's been sitting in the bank for a minute. And for all of the reasons, it's been delayed getting out or whatever. But it was, I felt like the timing of it was so timely. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah, that's really beautiful. You talk about it sitting in the bank and it makes me think like it has accrued interest. Correct. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like literally figuratively, it's like for some reason it has like, it, it has even compounded more awesomeness over that time. And um, so if you guys haven't listened, definitely go listen to our interview with Tori from Maine. And Tori, thank you so much for your beautiful offerings that you um, have so genuinely and beautifully and generously shared with us. 100%. And um, while I was editing, somewhere midway through the episode, Moose had asked Tori to share some of her writings. And while I was editing, I decided to just uh, reach out to, to Tori myself and ask her to go ahead and record something because I would love to just hear her voice reading her own words, her own writings. And uh, so she went ahead and did that for us. And we would just like to end the episode by sharing that today. Middle age is doing the brave and true work of becoming my greatest love. It's embracing me, all parts of me and my truths. It's holding me. It's taking care of me. It's learning how to celebrate me. Saying to myself, let's do the rest of this. I've got you. In middle age, I'm working to put down all the things that no longer serve me. They are too heavy to carry any longer. The weight is hurting my back and my soul. Middle age urges me to put it all down. Some letting goes more prolonged than others, but still goodbyes. Middle age urges me to deal with all my shit, all of it. Middle age is accepting that fact and then doing all the hard things I must do to get myself in order so that I can navigate the second half of my life with an open and healed heart. Middle age is learning how to save myself again and again and again. And here's the thing, right now, the only place to be is in the middle. Middle age is thanking my dependable body and saying, let's just stand right here, right here in the middle. 
Stand in the middle of the present. Stand in the middle of my knowing. Stand in the middle of my worthiness. Stand in the middle of my sturdy bones and beating heart. Stand in all that is not, and all that is, and all that was never meant to be. Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.